Welcome back to another episode of Creating Magic. I am Danny. Um, our good friend and co-host Paula is not with us today, mostly because she's not a Star Trek fan. Mm. So <laughs> I'm I'm working on her baby steps. I'm working on Lord of the Rings with her as my focus. I have to start small. I just learned several sad things about Paula all at once, and I just need a minute to to kind of absorb <laughs> it. So the people we have here, it's going to be a little confusing, is we have two Russells. One's on East Coast and one's on West Coast. So um, our East Coast Russell has been on previously for Star Wars, Harry Potter. We done anything else with you? I don't think so. I don't think so. And then West Coast Russell has never been on before. Rookie. So, well, Rookie, let's start with you. Let's start with your origin story of how you were first introduced to Star Trek. Well, I'm old. So, uh, TOS, original series, when I was a kid, uh, probably early 80s, mid 80s, started watching it on syndication and uh, fell in love with it. At the same time, um, would rent the movies that were coming out. I think the first Star Trek movie I rented, this is kind of weird because I started with Star Trek three. I actually didn't watch the motion picture until after I want to say after I had seen Star Trek two, which is kind of weird, but I was a kid. So there you go. Um, and as a kid, the motion picture is kind of, it's kind of tough to watch. You know, it's a slow movie, but it's a great movie. Now I have more appreciation for it. But anyway, so I love Star Trek 3. I can pretty much quote every line. Um, I probably rented it 100 times from Movie Gallery. Um, and then Next Generation came out, was it 87? So I was, see, 12, I believe. Um, and I really connected with Next Generation. Um, like, I didn't realize how much I connected with them until watching this season of Picard. And like you haven't seen them like together like that. And it just brought up like not just nostalgia. Yes, there was nostalgia, but I don't know. I think that show and those characters did something for me at 12, 13, 14, 15 that I didn't realize they did for me. And I know that sounds weird, but I mean, you know, people connect with like the Harry Potter characters and they connect with Star Wars characters. And, you know, so I think I connected with that family, that core, and just didn't realize like how much they had like helped this 12 year old depressed boy get through middle school, high school. And then you have the movies, which, you know, the movies are cool. There's like one that I didn't really like, but, um, and then the comeback for Picard, I was like, man, this, I just, at the end of every season or every episode of season three, I just would sit there and watch the end credits. I did every team, every time. And just like, my God, like, that's my, that's my family. I, that sounds weird, but you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? I don't know. There, it there's, it makes sense. There's too much to say. I really, I've been thinking about that question since you even mentioned this podcast. I'm like, I don't even know how to like it. I don't know. I just, I love Star Trek. Yeah. I think the first time I realized you were a nerd. So we've known each other for a while now was we were in the offices and something was said and we both talked about how we both loved the voyage home. Oh yeah. And I remember that conversation for some reason, because most people didn't know it. And I was like too young to have been around that, but my mom had the movies and I loved 
sea life and it was the star trek episode with whales yep. so it was always the one i would repeatedly watch because oh, i yeah. liked ocean and space and it just filled both of those hey when they showed i'm not trying to i don't know but when they showed the the bounty the klingon bird of prey and then they played just that i want to say 10 seconds of like the the theme from Star Trek Four. Oh my God! I like my heart leaped just when I heard this. I think it was like a single trumpet that did it, and I was like, "Oh my God, that was so clutch!" Oh, anyways, all right, I'm done. East Coast wrestle because that's what you two Hello? are going to be referred to now. What is your Star Trek origin story? Yeah, so uh, Next Generation was what we watched during dinner uh growing up like my mom would make dinner and then we would all sit in the living room and whether it was a rerun or something that had been taped or you know whatever it was um it would the thing that was on television was almost always an episode of next generation uh so it actually wasn't until i was a teenager that i finally like sat down and watched all of next generation and tos like from beginning to end in the order in which it was produced. Cause everything that I had seen up until that point had been uh, kind of reruns. Um, and then I, by the time I had started working uh, like my first couple of jobs, Voyager started airing and Voyager would air once at like eight o'clock. And then again at like 11, which was when I was getting home from work. So I had this great routine for a while there where I would get off work and I would come home and watch an episode of Voyager and then fall asleep. Um, and, and, you know, it wasn't until later that I watched, uh, Deep Space Nine and, uh, and then I think the first of the Star Trek shows that I watched as it was airing was probably Enterprise. Um, but everything else was, you know, as I had access to it. That makes sense. I grew up watching Next Generation, like in the midline of it. So it had already been on air before I started. So I remember watching that one with my mom a lot. Voyager was the first one where like I chose to not that I didn't love watching Next Generation, but Voyager was the one that like I my mom didn't like Voyager. So that was something that I went out of my way to watch. And I I remember the ap- last episode airing and just saying Picard when Seven of Nine comes back. I was so excited and I'm all aboard for Captain Seven. I want Captain Seven. I'm saying it now. Amen. I don't know anybody who disagrees with that. Like I've I've yet to see anybody be like, no, gross, not that. Like very true. Very true. Seven Seven may have had a controversial start, but she is very much a, a universally beloved character now. Yes. And and I love where her character has and gone and grown. So um this will be a spoiler-filled episode. We will talk about Picard all the seasons if we want. I have a feeling we'll focus a lot on season three, just because that's the one that just ended. Um, so something that East Coast Russell and I did is that him, his partner, Katie, and I would FaceTime each other and watch the show together. So oh, like we'd thanks. have it on mute. <laughs> it was a lot of fun because like, especially like I remember specifically like when work first shows up, um, both of us had like our arms in the air the minute he showed up and I like caught the video out of my peripheral that we were like both so excited for that moment. What was y'all's overall opinion of Picard, any of the seasons or as a whole? 
So I'm going to, I guess I'll go first because my thoughts are relatively surface and I feel like West Coast Russell is going to have some uh, some more interesting things that I'd prefer to listen to, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so I came into this really, really excited about this show for the same reason that everybody else was. Um, I got a lot out of the first season, uh, you know, connecting with not just the is uh these you know kind of classic characters but being introduced to these new characters seeing this this kind of new uh you know the the you know kind of growth of the story and and you know kind of where the 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 universe had had gone at that point um you know that world building is something that i've always found that i really appreciated about you know kind of star trek in general and seeing what how quickly they threw a ton of information at us and at the beginning of uh picard and how well it kind of flew uh, as as the story continued, really kind of worked well for me. I didn't super love season two. Um, it's not that the individual story wasn't great, and the characters I thought the 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 acting was uh, was great in a lot of places. I think they tried really hard to get um, you know our Lord and Savior Sir Patrick Stewart to do action scenes in season two. Uh, and as much as I love the man, he's he's just not that guy anymore. Um, so like that was, that was kind of tough to see them, you know, kind of keep that on screen. Um, and, uh, and it, it didn't super matter because it kind of felt like they threw out most of season two for season three anyway, um, yeah. which I, I had very few complaints about, uh, you know, just, just from a storytelling perspective, it was, you know, season three was of the three seasons, the most complete thought from beginning to end. It was also visually the most impressive of the the uh, seasons from beginning to end. Um, you know, nostalgia obviously played a pretty huge factor, but um, as, as was pointed out earlier, these are all characters, these are all actors who have worked together for decades. They all know each other very well. There's just some instant, you know, kind of charisma that comes with that. Um, so it all came together uh, and told a really great story with an ending that I have notes on. Um, but, uh, overall I thought it was a really great story. Do either of you feel, so this is some of the, some posts that I have seen recently that the third season of Picard was not of service to the series as a whole. I've seen like some comments that it was like living in this nostalgia moment versus moving Star Trek forward. Uh, I would argue that the purpose of Picard as a series was never to move Star Trek forward. Um, you know, it, it was from the beginning, uh, a, a way to close a chapter, which was, you know, uh, Jean-Luc Picard's, uh, story and, and, you know, kind of how it came to an end. Uh, so I, I feel like in that regard, it succeeded with flying colors, but as, as far as moving Star Trek forward, we have an entire other really great show for that, uh, which I think will be airing as this podcast airs. So I also felt like it was a little like it was kind of passing the torch. I know we don't have anything confirmed for our lovely Captain Seven, but it felt like it was like a passing of the torch to the next generation of Star Trek. But that might just be me. I agree. Well, and you see you see them take this step in a couple of different ways. Um, you know, Admiral Janeway is is very much kind of passing the torch off to a, a new generation of, you know, kids that are getting into to Star Trek right now. You know, Picard is handing off the reins to some of the other stories that are being told. This is this is not a singular thing that's being done. It it really feels like a like a larger movement in, you know, the people writing these stories to kind of, you know, push this new generation of characters forward. That's another question. Have both of you watched both cartoons that are currently airing of Star Trek or are watching them at all. I love Prodigy. And I know West Coast Russell really enjoys Lower Decks. 
I do. Oh, it's so funny. And, and the entire reason that it's so funny is that it takes, it goes out of its way to make fun of Star Trek. Like, it's not just a silly story because we have that in the Orville. Um, but but it, it, like, specifically makes fun of the silliness that that can occasionally be Star Trek. And that, like, I'm always here for that. As someone who deeply appreciates self-deprecating humor, like, I could watch that all day long. <laughs> yes. I would love, West Coast Russell, I would love to know what you thought of Picard as a whole. Because you... Um, at least from from your description, seem uh, just a little more connected to these particular characters than than maybe Danny or I were. Yeah, no, I for sure am. Like, I have to be honest, I've never watched all through Voyager. I haven't watched all through Deep Space Nine. When when Next Generation stopped airing, I kind of like, I was like, I- I'm good. I don't need anything else. But I have watched like quite a few of those episodes. I'm just not connected to the other series as much. Now with like Prodigy and like Janeway being so, you know, involved in that, I've I've definitely been going back and watching. Like I'll look up like key, what are key episodes to watch? Cause I don't know if I can make it through the entire series, you know, but um but no, it's, it's a lot of time trying to find coffee. Like you, you can skip <laughs> those episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm enjoying. I think overall, I mean, honestly, the way you summed up like your thoughts are kind of similar to mine. Like I really enjoyed like Picard, but I really season two was kind of a bummer for me. Um, I'm not saying it was terrible and I'm not saying the story wasn't great. Um, It was cool having Q back that last scene with him, Picard. I mean, I definitely had a tear, Um, but I just, I don't know. I think season three just needed to happen. And I'm, I'm wondering if they just, they knew that season three was happening and they just need to get through season two to get to three. And at first, I was like, okay, so Girardi's a a fat-headed board queen now, which she looks so weird. But I was like, so we don't have her anymore. We don't have the other characters anymore. That's cool. But then I was like, I got over that. And I was ready for, like, everything that happened in three. So, yeah. I mean, when you start a season with Beverly Crusher. Oh, good Lord. That is such an opening. Right? <laughs> and the musical score to go behind it. I mean, that... It, I'm so good. That alone was like that made this whole season for me. Was there a next generation character that each of you like particularly like were drawn to? God. Like growing up, not in like Picard, but like Yeah. Your I mean Jordy was always my guy. Um, you know, in particular his relationship with Data, uh the like those those things I was like really strongly connected to. Um I think because I was younger when I started, I missed uh, a lot of just how unabashedly horny the first season of Next Generation is. Um, uh, and and so stuff like, uh, you know, Will and Deanna's relationship was not something that I, like, grappled with as a kid. And when I watched it again later, like those those episodes had more impact for me. But as far as like a first watch goes, I would I would say Jordy. And that's hard. That's really difficult. I think like back in the day, like when I was watching it for the first time, just the first part of the show, like when Wesley was on before he turned into traveler guy, I really related to him just because he was kind of like the underdog trying to make something of himself. He just wanted opportunity. And for me, that was like I was younger, so that kind of spoke to me. 
But I mean, obviously the relationship between Picard and Riker, I think always stood out to me like a dude that even passed up opportunities to captain his own ship because he, he just wanted to remain faithful to, to Picard. You can see positives and negatives in both of in, in that, but I, I really liked that, that he just wanted to stay faithful to his, to his guy. Yeah. I mean, obviously ultimately he did get his own ship, but I don't know. I can't pinpoint one character. Yeah, I was always a big Deanna Troy fan and a Wesley Crusher fan, but in general, I am a huge Will Wheaton fan. He is the one person like I would travel to a convention to be able to meet. I so. I do I think Will the person uh I've always really appreciated like like as an adult getting to know his story and uh and and you know the the way that he, he was you know kind of treated by fans and uh, I have I have strong memories of him being at a thing that I was going to and one of my friends telling me that I should shout shut up Wesley to him and I was so mad that I didn't talk to him for like a month because mm-hmm. uh, I was just like no don't be a, don't be a terrible person like that that's not cool nobody wants to be yelled at like even if it's a thing he appreciated nobody like don't don't do that to people uh, I'm glad that now, like he had not publicly said anything about that at that time. Uh, it just kind of seemed like obvious, be a nice person stuff. Um, but I'm glad that he has later in life been like, yeah, no, this isn't cool. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. And I love that, like, because his character, like you really can't bring back minus that one little moment. They did bring him back for Picard season one. But that he's still so involved in it. Like he does all the ready room, which I love watching ready room. I love the behind the scenes stuff. I loved, especially when they had um, LeVar Burton and his daughter on uh, since that episode, that ready room episode is so good. I also love that as a part of ready room, he is in a position to talk to actors who are just entering the franchise. Yeah. And, and kind of not coach them, but like, listen when they're like you know i'm really nervous about this like what like he's he's not there to be like okay here's how you do a good star trek but he is there to be like i've been through this if you need someone to talk to like i'm you're now part of the family like you're and i think that's extremely cool like i you know it doesn't really matter who it is if they are if they are entering this franchise then then they've got a couple of people to talk to even if it's just like you know is it supposed to make my heart jump when I see the uniform? Like, you know, like that kind of stuff. I I think it's just very cool that he's there for. Yes, it's supposed to. Anytime you see the uniform. <laughs> Specifically, I love the new uniforms on Strange New Worlds. Oh, yeah. So I got burned by my love of the uniforms in Discovery. Because they changed it after two seasons. And the reason that that's important is my Christmas present. The year that they changed it was the really nice jacket. That was the uniforms from season one and two of discovery, which now nobody knows because nobody cares about that uniform anymore. Um, So I love what they have done in strange new worlds. And I doubt that, you know, just because of timelines that they would go the same route. Uh, But like, I'm trying really hard not to, not to like fully go all out again and and like load up on strange new world stuff because I don't want to get burned. I mean, if they released the Picard season three awesome leather jackets that everyone was wearing, I'm in. 
Those were so great. <laughs> the jackets in Picard season three were perfection. Are you sure they haven't released them? Because I think I saw something that some they, company- they might be, but I have not Googled to look for my wallet's sake. There's a company that makes jackets for basically every version of Star Trek, uh, among many other things. But their jackets are, or that's one of the ones that I have for Discovery. They're really high quality material. Uh, and it would not surprise me if they had already done stuff for Picard. Yeah, I I just got my shirt for uh, Strange New Worlds that I'm excited for. I own nothing, so I'm way behind. It's okay. You are forgiven. I need a convention to go to. <laughs> We're going to get you there. You're very close to Emerald City. Um, And with all, the new content coming, they're going to have Trek people out there because Emerald City is actually a very big con. Since we, so we know, so Discovery is ending. We currently have Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, Prodigy. We have one season left of Discovery, right? Yeah, we have one season left, and then it's done. So the only current non-cartoon show is Strange New World. And then have we had anything else announced or no? I know we have stuff coming, but I don't think we've had any formal. The Academy was announced, but we haven't been given any real details, like launch date or cast or anything like that, just that it is happening. Yeah, um, I think a lot so, of people are believing that Tilly will be in Academy. I'm not mad at that. I'm not either. I like her character. I, I, Tilly uh, is Section 31 movie. That's, that's right. right. The Section 31. That's right. I forgot about that because that was announced when I was away and I made East Coast Wrestle send me the story because I was I didn't have a powerful enough internet and I couldn't load it to see what it was about. Posting snippets from the, the article. <laughs> I needed the information. I think that'll be good. Michelle Yeoh is a badass. So um, I'm so glad that Michelle Yeoh's sudden rise to popularity did not suddenly give her so many other options that she did not feel compelled to come back to Star Trek. Like, I'm really glad that they were able to negotiate that and give her like her own thing, uh, especially if she gets to keep being like weirdly evil, like Star Trek infiltrator lady. I'm super here for that. Too. I think I'm sometimes not. the evil characters are the fun ones to play. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Which yeah. is another, like, back to Picard. What a spectacular villain throughout the entirety of season three. I mean, that was... I haven't felt like that about a singular villain in really any of star trek like like there's always been this like larger threat like it's the klingon empire or the borg or the dominion or like but it's it's so rarely a single person that is the the focus for all of that evil and and that was that was really well executed i thought she was scary yeah i kept like throwing back in my head as i was watching all of her like scenes and her monologues and her just incredible acting like it just reminded me of what I felt like with Khan the first time I watched yeah. Wrath of Khan, yeah. but also weirdly um, Krug from Star Trek Three, the Klingon okay. captain, when yeah. he was on the planet getting ready to kill one of the one of the people down there, Savick or David, you know, or even young Spock. It, that scene on the bridge, I think it was the eighth episode of season three, Picard where she was like choosing somebody i'm like god that's literally just right out of that movie and i felt like that uh i just watched uh, star trek six today just because i wanted to and you know her dad was the villain chang 
And I'm like, God, there's so many similarities, like the spinny chair, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, she's so good. I mean, you could spend two weeks rewatching season three, just, just to highlight the Easter eggs from, from every yeah. corner of Star Trek. Like it's not, it's not a nostalgia thing for next generation. It is, it is a genuine love letter to the entirety of Star Trek. Yep. On that, what about that moment of seeing all the ships at the museum? Oh God. So West Coast Russell nailed it with the, the, the music stinger as it was passing over each one of the ships. Like that added so much to that scene for each one of the ships like I, I know because Danny and I reacted the same time when Voyager's song started playing. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of uh, DS9. So like seeing the Defiant made me really happy. Um, like all of that, that whole like panning across thing was was really great. Um, and as long as nobody remembers that uh, the cloaking device that they stole was from an ancient ship where the cloaking device barely worked. And that was a major plot point in that ship. Um, then it's a great scene. That oh, was awesome. Obviously, like Enterprise A is always going to have like a huge place in my heart. Um, so I love like I feel like every time, even when they brought the D out, um, you I feel like there were a lot of scenes you could still see the A just kind of hovering way in the background. It's like I know that was like on purpose, you know, because I'm sure okay. they all think like. Oh, all these Trek fans are going to want to see some action on the A. I mean, I was like, listen, let's get both of those Enterprises back out. You know, I mean, the A is not going to be able to do anything, but because it's old, <laughs> but still, um, I love that. All of that was great. Even Voyager, because I haven't, I don't connect with Voyager like probably you guys do. But when that moment hit where she like hit the button and it went to the ship and the, the theme music started playing. Oh, I was like. Oh my god, this is so incredible! Yeah, it's like I, I shed a tear for sure. I I love the ship of Voyager. I just love that ship. Yeah, but there was a, like I think compared to like Next Generation, you had a lot more episodes that were ship based, just because they were trying to get home, and you saw a lot more sections of the ship. It wasn't just like quarters and the bridge and ten forward. Like you saw astrometrics and. Um, where they grow plants. So you saw like a lot more of the ship through the seasons. That's cool. cool. I mean, that was the big thing that separated Voyager and DS9 from at the time, the rest of the the Star Trek franchise was that there was this dramatically increased focus on interpersonal development. Um, You know, this was not a unique thing about Star Trek, but it was most of the original series and next generation the the focus was the mission we're on a we're on a new planet we're doing a thing this is a single story that we're telling within this episode and then we're moving on yeah and you know there there were points within next generation in particular where we you know we spent some time learning about characters especially all of the time spent building up tasha yar only to then you know shatter our hearts into millions of tiny pieces like versions of that throughout, uh, you know, Next Generation um, existed, but never to the intensity that we got from Voyager and DS9. Like by by the time those reached season three and season four for for each of those shows, respectively, you loved all of that cast. Like ev- every single character had these like, you know, kind of heart uh, heart to heart moments um, that uh, that that didn't, you know, kind of grow as much in some of the some of the earlier shows. And uh 
so you know seeing more of the ship and and you know was often an artifact of telling those emotional stories um and and i i loved the way that both of those shows did that so differently yeah i think one of the things i love about strange new worlds is the way the episodes are set feels like a callback to like next generation where you're following a different character each and i think that's why i love it so much i I love Picard. I love all the new series, but I feel like Strange New Worlds is my favorite series of Star Trek right now. Like, just because I love seeing a different character's perspective in each episode, but we also see, like, characters we know. I don't know. I'm just really loving Strange New Worlds overall. Same. On top of being amazingly pretty, it is it is the classic formula for a great Star Trek episode every single time. Mm-hmm. We've got an individual conflict, a little bit of character development, some some great action. Like you, you can, you know, you can see the writer's room for that being like, let's, you know, we're not here to repeat a story, but let's, yeah. you know, let's let's stick to a formula that is known and loved. And they nail it every time in that first season. Just every episode just nails that classic feel to Trek. Uh, yeah, well, and they and, have like those whimsical stories because you know how like Next Generation would have those random like stories that were focused on like the kids and they were a little more whimsical and they did that whole episode with the Doctor's daughter. Yeah. Not to be mistaken with the Doctor Who Doctor's daughter. <laughs> so then I'm like, that's ah, a different. Different Doctor's daughter. Different Doctor's daughter in space. You call me a nerd. I. <laughs> do you see my wall behind me? Yes. Like, it's every. I, I accept my nerddom uh, widely. And I say I nerd without agree. like any disdain or negativity. Oh, I, know. I know. I love that Christopher Pike's hair has basically become its own character. <laughs> uh, like it, it essentially should have its own spot in the credits. Uh, there were like people waiting for the first season two trailer to come out. Like all I saw was, I swear, if they've changed his hair. <laughs> I met him. We're gonna riot. You met yes, him. You did. I didn't. Uh, I guess I only saw it. Sent you the pictures of me with Ethan Peck. I met. Um, that yes, both of them, but I didn't get any photos with him. Dang. Yeah, they both signed my Strange New Worlds comic book, which is not That's framed awesome. yet. I have to find a spot on this wall now. Yeah, your house for all your stuff. Yeah, no, they were both very nice. Um, Ethan Peck was, he's a great Spock, but he was also a, um, when he was a young teenager, freshly made teenager, he was in a Mary-Kate and Ashley movie. Oh, my God. That's right. And he fell in love. <laughs> well, well, I, so I went and got his autograph. And then, so I was working a wand booth. And my friend Hannah came over to me and she's like, you did not tell me he was so cute. And when I had been up at the table, you know, they always have the pictures you can buy to get autographed. Like they're from like random things that they've done. There's this one picture and I was like looking at it. I'm like, why do I know this movie? Like I could tell it's old. And like I walked away. I'm like, it was Passport to Paris, which was one of my favorite Mary-Kate and Ashley movies as a kid. And I told her, she's like, we're going to get a picture now. So that's how the picture came to be is that she found out. That Ethan Peck was, she has not watched any Star Trek, but he was in Mary-Kate and Ashley's Passport to Paris when he was 13 years old. Incredible. And, and he, easy on the- he had a full conversation with us about it. 
He said it's actually one of the movies he's recognized for a lot. So, and he was very That's nice fair. about it. it have you guys fun. ever thought about like, you know how we have all these different iterations of the original series? New people playing the same character and we just embrace it. We love it. Like, and we're cool with it. Cause I am like even mm-hmm. JJ Abrams and now with Strange New World. But like, what if they did that to the next generation at some point? Or what if they did that? Like, how would we? I don't know if I'd be okay with that. Is that a weird question? Yeah. No, I understand what we you're saying. Earlier. It's like, what if we got a, a young Picard? And who's going to play that? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's the catch, though, right? I think it, the only way that it would work is if it was like a, just a wildly different point in time. Like him yeah. in the Academy. Yeah. Like, like we I, accept I totally a different watch. Spock because it's before he's joined the Enterprise. Yeah, I would I would be cool. I think I'd be okay with a Picard like in the academy. Uh or or something like that. Like, like play, teenage play version. By a younger it guy. can't be a close. Yeah. yeah, as long as it was someone who looked the role, uh yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be with that, I think. Like the movies, the newer movies were phenomenal casting with their Spock and their Kirk yeah. oh, and great. their Chekhov. Like it was phenomenal casting. Um, R.I.B. Yeah. But like love that part of of uh, Picard, though, where they gave a nice little nod to Anton. That yeah, was cool. that was really good. Yeah, that was really good. Um, and like in season two, we'll finally meet James T. Kirk mm-hmm. in Strange New Worlds. So that'll be interesting. So yeah, I don't know, because cool. like right now, the Harry Potter world is like we don't. So there's been a HBO series announced. Has yeah. its positives and negatives, but everyone is very like. They're not our Harry. They're not our Hermione. And there's people on like well, both sides of the fence. Because they're trying to, they're they're basically recasting actors for exactly the same time period. Yes. That, that for the same exact story, noticed. except it's TV form versus movie form. Yeah. And I know this isn't going to happen, but the, the one like thing from that uh, announcement that I heard, and it was the first thing that made me go, oh no, that actually, that actually would work. Um, would have been if it had been an animated series. Because I feel like they could do an animated series of those books, and that way they could cover every single page of those books without worrying about whether they had a CG budget or anything like that. They yeah. could cast whoever they wanted, uh, and and it would be fine. But no, they're, it seems like they're going full live action, and that's going to be tough for a lot of people. It's going to be hard, and it's going to be long-running. They're saying it's going to be a decade of television shows. Not if no one watches it. True. Oh, very true. True. Yeah, I think I could handle a Picard, a younger Picard, like Academy aged or For fresh sure. out of the Academy, like first posting age. Yeah. I'm trying to think what other characters would be fun to see in their youth, because some of them were pretty young when they started. Yeah, I feel like Riker in his youth would be fun just because he would be a crazy person. <laughs> He's definitely like college partier. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be cool to watch. Um and all the Starfleet girls. That's right. You say that I wouldn't be mad at a young Janeway. No, I want more Janeway content. I was I know she's in Prodigy, but I was really hoping for a Janeway cameo in Picard the whole season. I was too like a voice memo or like something. Just a yeah. moment. Don't get me wrong, I loved that we got Tuvok. That we was super Tuvok. cool, but man, what did I I was I was 
betting. If you if I would have lost quite a bit of money if I had bet someone because I, I was for sure that Jane. I think was we show all were last. very much in the belief that, and we and because she is still active in like the Star Trek community, like it wouldn't have been like a hard sell. No. Well, and even then, like that that penultimate episode ends with the current like ranking admiral lady getting shanked in her chair. So I was like, oh, cool. Janeway is the next ranking admiral. There's the slide in like that makes total sense. What? Something bigger in the store. What would you guys like to see in the Star Trek fandom for the future? Like what series are you excited for? What series would you like to see them do? I love what I have heard so far about Academy. I, I have wanted a Starfleet Academy style show for a really long time. There was a, a point in my life where uh, I thought for sure that the best way to do that would have been like straight out of DS9 uh, for Worf to have gone back to Earth and just become like an Academy instructor. And like that would have been a great, you know, great series. Um, honestly, he still looks awesome. He could still do it. Still be, we could still get Professor Worf. I'm okay with that. Put him him on a colony somewhere where he's like running maneuvers with a bunch of kids that are like training for you know special assignments. Can we just get that? I would 100% be down for that. I think that running a class with Tilly, I'm sold. But yeah, I'm excited about whatever Academy ends up looking like, just because I think that that's going to continue that push from, you know, kind of younger audience into, into some of these newer shows. And and so I'm like conceptually here for that. Um, Terry Matlas has not been at all shy about uh, wanting to continue the story uh, with Jack and seven. uh, And um and and uh Ravi in uh in into a different series and uh I hope that Picard Same with Jerry got Ryan. Enough... she has retweeted everything about pro Captain Seven. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I hope that that show did enough for Paramount that they're at least considering uh that as a as a potential spin-off show because I think I think that has the potential to be really interesting um as long as the focus is like evenly balanced between Jack and Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that could be a really interesting show. Yeah, I agree. I just, the only thing I wouldn't want, and maybe you guys would disagree, but, uh, or maybe you agree, but I just, I love how Picard like hit all the nostalgia bumps and, and closed out a bunch of storylines or even like continued storyline. You can just kind of use your imagination where Crusher's going to go, where, you know, are they all that stuff. But I would not want to see a bunch of cameos in Legacy, if, if no. whatever it's called. Like I wouldn't want Picard to show up just no. because Jack's the show, you know. I wouldn't want, no. you know, Riker or Troy to show up for whatever reason. Now, maybe like one time if it absolutely made sense. But I would hope that they would leave every good thing with Picard in Picard, and let's just move on with these yeah. new characters. You know. No, nope, I fully agree. Like you, you pulled the nostalgia lever and it worked really well. Now, like tell an original story. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fully, fully. Yeah. That, that just happens to have someone, we know her history, Yeah, but yeah. I don't need a bunch of cameos. I don't need moments of going back to storylines. Like we kind of closed out. Even seven storyline is pretty much closed out too. I mean, for, I mean, that was, anyway, I don't care. That'd be, that would work. Sure. But, yeah. But not that was her. a big part of what turned off a lot of Star Trek fans uh, when Deep Space Nine first launched, um, you know, there there were a lot of, you know, kind of 
hardcore Star Trek fans at the time, um, you know, be they, uh, you know, kind of toxic fanboy nerds or, or not, um, you know, a big part of it was they spent so much time in that first season repeating that. And, and at one point, literally out loud in text uh, that that um, that he was not Picard. Um, you know, we we had that kind of nasty handoff episode where the two of them didn't get along very well and then like immediately followed it up with, you know, Q treating him like he's Picard. And, um, you know, I I think that that weighed down that like constant reminder that, you know, this is not the show that you have been in love with for the last, you know, however long, um, you know, you just once they started telling their own story, I I really loved DS9 and, and it became, you know, kind of a, a really big deal. And so, yeah, if if you're going to have legacy, um, you know, it just it just needs to be out of the gate its own thing. Yeah. And like, you know, he's dead and we all hated him and I don't want him to do anything crazy to bring Shaw back. But I loved the banter of Shaw and Seven. Yeah. Like, I hated it, but I loved it. He did such a good job making me hate him as a character. And like, I I will always appreciate it that because like i i knew from the beginning that that was his job his job was to make me not like him and man did he succeed because he he, uh, (laughs) oh man if i had to rank not just as like a person like oh no i'm a garbage person like he even owns up to it like nah dude you're not not even like a good captain like you you are the most by the book like I, i just couldn't couldn't deal with it uh, but it was all like it was all on purpose, and he played it so well. Uh, you know that that was that was something that I like. I don't want him to come back. No, his his story is over, and that's and that's fine. I don't mind. I, I think it would be cool if if Seven like talked about him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to to other people, like you know, th- this was a great example of how not to be a captain. Uh, you know, I, I think that that kind of thing, you know, holding him in memory, but still being like, I learned things from him. Yeah, I, I don't I want would... them to figure out a way to bring him back. Cause I've seen like posts about that. I'm like, Oh, I don't like that. Nope. Um, bring him back via like captain's logs. Flashbacks. I'm like, okay lot, with lot... that, but we can't have him existing in the universe. No, no. Well, we're going to wrap up. Do you guys have anything else you want to share about our love of Star Trek? Go watch more of it. Yes, because we want yeah. more content. I, so, like, this is this is kind of a big thing, actually. This may be a good way to wrap up for for the three of us. And I'm sorry for taking your your show hostage for a second, no, Danny. Go for it. If somebody has never seen Star Trek before, it's an intimidating thing. There is an enormous amount of stuff now, and it's only getting bigger. Where would you tell people to start if they've never seen it before? Strange New Worlds. It's current. You don't have to get past the cringiness of some episodes of the older stuff and the technical lacking. I feel like season one of Strange New Worlds, it's only two, it's going to be as of release of this episode on the second season. So it's easy to catch up. I think it's a good way to get into the universe without being overwhelmed. I've thought about this before. I can tell. I was like, that's a really quick answer. But that's a good answer, though. No, I, I agree. I think if I had to think, like, if it was someone who 
If I'm trying to get you pulled in, this is where I'm starting. I'm not telling you to go back to next generation. Once I get you in, that's another story. Yeah. So I think for me, it depends on the person. Like, I think if it's someone that I know really loves modern television and like deeply appreciates like current special effects and stuff, and and like they're not like the deepest nerd on the planet, but they really like sci-fi stuff, I I'm fully agree with you. Yeah. You're not telling them to go watch Tribbles. Yeah. If it's someone who is, you know, my age or slightly older, they appreciate older television, maybe they love like classic Doctor Who or something, then I feel like I'd be a little more flexible in recommending like Next Generation or Original Series um, as as like a starting point. But I think for most people, you're you're right. Strange New Worlds is is really kind of the, the best place to start. Yeah. Well, even Russell, you had said like, you're not watching all of Voyager. It's nine seasons. It's a lot. So you've been picking key episodes. Yeah. Yeah. She spends a lot of time looking for coffee, Danny. Like it's, it's, <laughs> I can't relate. I don't drink coffee. That's sad. That I don't drink coffee or she spends so much time looking for coffee. Oh, I think the funniest thing about her like demand to have coffee and it doesn't actually get brought up in the show, but I, I, I almost wish that it had, but we didn't really talk about addiction the same way when that show was coming out is that like Starfleet medical, like caffeine addiction is a, is like an instantly fixable thing. Like she could have at any point been in sick bay and been like, you know, fire up the EMH and stick me with a thing for like the, the next little while we don't have coffee because everything is broken and we're trying to limp our way home. Like, let's go ahead and nip this, uh, nip this caffeine addiction in the bud for a little while. No, she was like, you know what? There's a nebula over there. We might die, but I might get coffee out of it. Let's go. <laughs> Love it. Oh, that's great. Any thoughts on where you would tell people to start? I honestly, I, I think I agree with you. I mean, if, if you're not someone who loves the, the classic TV, you're going to hate next generation because of the quality. You're going to hate TOS because it's the sixties. You know, but once you get hooked on Strange New Worlds and you get those characters like, oh, well, let's let's go back. Let's go see that. And it's building to those characters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you really could like stop watching season one of Strange New Worlds and be like, man, I really like that. Where do I go for more? Right here. Here's. Hey, here's exactly what the show is leading to. Movies or do the series. It doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And until next time, keep creating. And for everyone listening, tell Danny you want more Star Trek stuff on the podcast. Yes. More Star Trek. (laughs) 